Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, by the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Good afternoon, radio. Oh, three, two, one. G'day, viewers. Welcome to episode 37. 37, Radio Hot Lap. The show where we talk about, motor, take a light-hearted look, I should say, motorsport. Is it really a show? It's just a bit of a carry-on, a bit of a conversation oh, on a Wednesday evening, unless it's a Tuesday. Which it is today. It is. Just for a change. A lot of look at motor, motor racing, international and Australia. Yep. Cool, and emerging technologies, and there's a bit of that this week. And, and there is, and barbecues, which and we'll be uh, partaking in a bit later on. And meat. Meat. Yeah. Meat. Well, talking of meat, look, there's, uh, there's an array here. Let's, have you tried a bit of that uh, pepperoni? Mate, Mate it is awesome. Viewers, it uh, might point out uh, tonight that we are on location at uh, J.P. Salubrious, uh, lovely uh, house, uh, down near McLaren Vale in the wine district. Absolutely gorgeous. And they've just prepared a special room for us uh, for dinner. And, uh, and, and, used to be and, my garage. <laughs> there we are. Bloody mum come out from England. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, I can't, I, but that's why I did. <laughs> uh, but, um, and your lovely uh, 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 girlfriend, Lainey, and fiancé. Absolutely. Yeah, don't don't forget the fiancé. Looking, peering through in the background there also. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make this beautiful rapace. Rapace. That's a woody word. Hello, Lainey. Hello, John. <laughs> How wonderful is that? Hi, Bag. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're posting still... Yeah, I know. Work that out. I just turned it down a bit. So it's a bit of a woody floor, so we're getting used to yeah. And... Laney's son is also going to be joining us on the show tonight for a little bit of a chat later on. And um, it's um, unfortunately a very sad name, but also some, someone we must celebrate. His name is Brock. And we'll yep. actually be talking today a little bit about um, the one most wonderful experiences we've both experienced with the, the late Peter Brock, who passed yes. away on Friday. Uh, I think there's a lot of press going on about that, and I don't think we need to dwell on any of that side of no, rather than just to recount our enjoyable and, um, and laughing experiences we've had with the great man. Absolutely. But yeah. before that, as Peter would want, being a teetotaler, mm. what beer are you having? <laughs> well, it's not herbal tea. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> it's, anyway, we got, I'll tell you a story here, viewers. We had to stop at the bottle shop on the way up here, and we went to our local down, uh, down here at Aberfall Park, which is called Tappies. And so, if you're ever coming through this neck of the W... Um, don't go to the BWS at the, at the Aberfoyle Hub Shopping Centre. Pop in next door and go to Tappy's Celebrations. And we grabbed, Johnny grabbed this really excellent imported Mexican beer called Cabana. Well, we weren't going to. You actually had said there was an excellent promo going on about these six different beers, a Guinness and yes, a Celebrations. But uh, no, of made, cold of, ones. made of unobtainium. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> and it wasn't Boy, cold. We fixed him. Too sweet. <laughs> And forthwith. That's a French for you're fired. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. It's um, it's a 4.6% uh, uh, 
beer. And where's it from, mate? It's made in um, El Salvador. Oh, well, there you go. Very light on the aeration. Um, a little bit of a narrow stem to get the lime in. Yeah, we bought some limes at the local food land as well. That was excellent. Compliments these wonderful spicy mm. uh, array of meats that Laney has put out for us tonight. And, um, yep, apart from it being a tribute to Peter Brock tonight, um, it's meat. Meat night. <laughs> yeah, well... Very light on the um, light on the veggies, isn't it? But there, there you go. I'm sure he still would have approved. Mate, uh, I'm going to let you kick off with it because I think you've got a fair bit on your palate and your plate. And um, oh, but before yeah. we do, I think oh. we should just sorry, uh, uh, our friend Linda Long, who was um, is Linda, who's been part of the show, um, was competing in the rally, and um, she's not with us tonight. We, we, we sort of decided that we would rather not to talk to her on the show tonight, and I've been speaking to her a fair bit, because she was in the rally and was unfortunately like uh, the second car on the scene there at uh, Peter's demise, and also had had breakfast with him in the morning. So there's a lot of stuff there, viewers, that I just don't think that we need to bring up with her or, or, no. or the public, other than to say that she, she wishes her best uh, to all of you. Yep. And thanks for listening. And um, we will be talking to her next week. She'll be on the show with her co-driver, Warwick Brooklyn, who will be flying over to Adelaide, I think, after, after the, uh, the state, state funeral, funeral in uh, Melbourne. Yes, so uh, so Linda will be over next week, boys and girls. But um, so love. She does indeed. And uh, yes, it was uh, obviously a very, very tough day and a very, very tough weekend for uh, Warwick and Linda. Um, the, uh, the factory actually withdrew the car, um, which is probably a good thing anyway. Because uh, I think that um, it wouldn't have been a nice weekend for them to uh, to continue anyway. So, uh, but we'll get into all the in depths of that a bit later on. Let's get a bit off um, the upbeat. Yeah, well, we'll get a bit more upbeat. We'll talk about PB and the guy he was. I mean, <clears throat> I got out here in '77, and I had no idea at all about what went on in the motorsport scene. I mean, back in the UK. It was generally open wheeler racing, like you went Formula One, you went to Brands and watched Formula Atlantic, you watched sports cars, stuff like that. And saloon car racing um, was generally more speedway. Um, and you you know, you know went and watched the tin tops go around on the dirt. But uh, I got to Australia and I didn't really have a handle on anything that was going on. And slowly but surely, I started watching the, uh, the the broadcasts of the touring car rounds. And it really wasn't until um, 1978, Sandown on Bathurst, that I actually really got into touring car racing in Australia, I guess. And uh, just uh, still remembering that, that uh, you know, the 78 Bathurst, watching Peter Brock and uh, the Tirana, and, and it was just... It was just amazing stuff, and uh, basically, I, I suppose as far as Australian motorsports concerned, I really never looked back after that. Certainly, uh, when the Formula Ones came out, when Adelaide got the first round of the Grand Prix in '85, that was always a highlight. But then the touring car guys were always there as well. Um, you know, they, they were always a big part of the support act. Um, so you know, you you, you roll on and. Uh, there was no other driver at that time, I don't think, who had the blend of PR ability, friendliness to the fans, 
openness. You, he was always there to say good day to if you were at a circuit somewhere. If you if you were lucky enough to be able to get in the paddock, it was never a problem. In fact, I was only talking to my oldest son Nicholas this morning, and uh, I said, "Have you still got that photo I took of you with Brocky at Malala back in '91?" Uh, yeah, Dad, I've got that somewhere. I'm going to have to dig that out now. And uh, and that's just what it, how it was. I mean, you could just rock up to PB and. How are you? And he'd always have a word and a joke and a laugh and uh, always have something interesting to say. And uh, I can remember I went to a uh, a, a luncheon uh, that was put on back in, I think it was about 92, 91, 92. It was in the uh, polarizer days. And um, he'd had his divorce from... 1987. Home. No, it was later than that. 87 was the was the Polaroid divorce, I think, 88 maybe. Yeah, well then he was doing, a, after that he was doing some public speaking rounds and doing different things, bits and pieces. And anyway, I went to this lunch and he was, it was just a fantastic speaker. Um, signed autographs for everybody, had a chat, wandered around the tables. You were all able, you know, he was accessible to everybody. And I think that's really the big thing with, with PB was that he was accessible to everyone. First time I went to Bathurst, which was 86 think um, again never been to Bathurst before never seen the Bathurst 1000 live obviously uh, went with some friends drove overnight uh, left at two left Adelaide two o'clock in the morning and we were there at about 1240 watching uh, practice <laughs> which you know you couldn't do these days of course um, but uh, no and again uh, Wandered down through the back of the pits there, and uh, and I had a chat to uh, to Peter then, and yeah, it was just I mean he was just a fantastic guy like that. You could just chat to him, accessible, easygoing. He was indeed, and I recall the many times at Amory Park, which is no longer there, out the western mm -hmm. parts of Sydney, where uh, now a housing yeah, estate. Exactly, little bits of it are still there, but people would always love to hang over the fence there at the mm -hmm. end of uh, what was called One Lick Corner. Where uh, George Fury once uh, had a bit of a big off and lost the territory. Yeah, the blue bird. Yeah, the blue bird. Yeah, the blue bird. And mm. um, yeah, it was great to do that. It was uh, always there to um, to have a bit of a chat with people. And, and you, you said, you know, if you're lucky to get it back, get into the paddock. I think just anyone just got in the paddock back then. I think it's well, like that's said, supercar true. days that they're crowded. <laughs> you just tickets and paid an extra, paid an extra fifty cents at Malalar, and you were in the paddock. <laughs> yeah, well, they were tougher than Malalar. But uh, when I talk about Amaru, I will have to recall one of the funnier episodes of uh, of Brocky's racing career there, and I think it was the uh, the CRC three hundred which was part of the Amscar Touring Car Series, where he came in to do a pit stop. And it was a bit, a little bit of a... For those of you who know Amaru, well, anyway, there was a lake there and we had a corner called Stop Go where you'd come up and turn right and then and run up before the, like the sweeping right-handed to one little, which was, there was no runoff area other than the Armco. But there was a bit of a little wiggly sort of entry into uh, pit lane there um, with the control tower above there where the catering ladies were. And at one day, they just happened to be washing something up and suppose and that and Brocky's coming out a bit of a slither on something which was washing across the well a bit of water was running across pit lane just a tiny little strip about a foot wide, and um, of course it went into the wall and he was out on the spot. But then it went <laughs> later in in a media conference to say, well the, the ladies upstairs had been washing up the dishes from lunch and the soap suds had got under his slick and made him have an off. So you know, imagine. <laughs> Imagine stop sucking her hands in the palm olive <laughs> coming up to get PB. <laughs> it was one of his. He was definitely more of a creative uh, 
uh, creative in terms of coming up with a reason why he might have made a mistake. Yeah, that's. He wasn't. Yeah. Well, he never made mistakes. There were just creative reasons why <laughs> other things happened. And other things always. Because he never made a mistake. Because he was well, made he it perfect. Well, that's right. Oh, well, I mean, hey. Yeah, we love him for that. Isn't it ironic, though, that we were only talking on last week's show how he just won the St Mary's Trophy or whatever it was at, uh, at Goodwood uh, Festival, and he just came back on Thursday and jumped in the car Friday morning. So, uh, yeah, unreal. Now, you've got a little bit more of a story to tell about PB, oh, about man. the nice side of PB. And uh, that relates to Bathurst and your virtual reality show oh, that we put up on the website right. last now, week. Uh, International Paulie, Paulie Ryan, is on the show yep. and said, look, why don't you come up to uh, to the Bathurst 24 Hour, which was the second running, uh, the, uh, the big event that Ross Palmer had, had the, the brainstorm of being able to put together up there at Bathurst. And it was a 24-hour event for sports cars, GT1, GT2-style cars. I think we had like interesting cars like the Mosler MC900R. Come out from Martin Short, Roll Centre Racing, um, to be won eventually actually by Peter Brock, who teamed up with uh, Tanda and yes. Nathan Pretty and Greg Murphy um, in the orange. The big it wasn't yellow, it was the orange one, or yep. orange purpley one, Joe Gary Rogers Motorsport, to win that event. But um, rather than sort of, you know, it's just up there to help Paul out for a bit of media, but I decided, well, I was there for the whole week, why don't I do a virtual tour of the mountain? So basically there I went, I trunched around the hill with the tripod. Um, yeah, because you'd broken mine that you borrowed, so you had to buy a new one. Don't know anything about that. Yeah, and I've viewers? still not got a replacement. Uh, I don't know any about that, viewers. It's just a positive <coughs> show, not a negative show. And uh, there was, yes, rolled up, the, went up the hill and, and up past the winery and, and Brocky trudged around with me and, 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 and looked at all this stuff and gave us a, a voiceover, a running commentary about how he saw the whole thing going and he was going, oh, this was amazing. For the first time, once it was all put together, and we will have to put it up and we'll put a link up on on, uh, on the Radio Hot Lap website uh, about how to find out and travel around yep. with the comments from Brock. And it all had his, all his branding and everything like that. But basically, you could get up the, to the hill there and turn 90 degrees and realise how steep the place was. And he looked at me and said, this is the... F- after, after looking at me with piercing eyes for about 20 seconds silently, like can sort of go, <laughs> so what's going on, John? You know, <laughs> and put this together and uh, he said... That's the first time anyone's ever been able to see how steep it is. Yeah, because TV just doesn't show the steepness of the place at all. So there you go. No, that was a particularly... And then you took some photos of him planting some trees, I believe. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, we were up there. There was a bit of a bullshit exercise. With, uh, with, <laughs> you uh, can't say uh, that. It was a Formula Green project with uh, Ross Farmer and right. David Brabham. Yep. And, there, and they were like, uh, they had the spoon, the, 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 the shovel in was the Was it a silver shovel? Uh, yeah, it was a silver shovel. Yeah, of course. By yeah. the mayor. <laughs> it, had the, it had previous Moomba tag on it, <laughs> and then I think the tree was chugging into the into the distance. Yeah, that's right, of course. You yeah. had better better memory than me. So I still have all that. <laughs> yeah, there were yeah. a few others. And then last year it was was it last year at Classic Adelaide, Macclesfield. Yeah, but it, earlier and on the Friday, yeah. we, we we'd had a, a dinner organised in the main street, so we that's right, right, and then. Everyone was getting up there and Peter was getting mobbed by people. And I said, hey, PV, what's going on? He goes, hey. So I said, hey, come and have a look at this. And I said, quick, oh, man, I'm busy. I said, quick, hop over here. And we disappeared into a Chinese supermarket and hid down the back between some light soy sauce and some, some noodles. <laughs> and I said, have a look at this. This is a new iPod, like a video iPod that got delivered last week. Like, and if we just put the, we just did the Clipsal launch right. earlier the in the day. Yeah. That's why I wasn't out on Classic Adelaide. The Clipsal video. We got video. the video launch up there. And he, he looked at it. He looked at it. He said, play that again. And I went, 
Oh, big meat is in a lot of trouble, isn't it? <laughs> and then he, he went off and got up at the dinner and said, I think I'm getting a bit of a bug here. I like this time mm. rallying sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. No, he, well, and that was really the last time we saw him. No. What, not at all? <clears throat> um, oh, no, not for you. No, for no, me. No. Clips all fire. Uh, Classic Adelaide was Classic Adelaide. And so, I saw him. Okay. Sort of ran into him at lunches with, um, excuse me, I'm eating. Sorry, <clears> Peter <throat> Washington. And, um, Oh, was that uh, Mark Bryant and uh, the yeah the and uh, Tim McNeely, the guys from uh, Mount Bullisbury, which are really who brought really really probably are the are the, the fathers of, of, of more modern tarmac rally. Tarmac rally, yeah. You know, in a shorter sense here, not to take anything away from some of the other people that have been involved in East Coast rallies, but shorter events and things like that, not such so, so target style events. Um, had taken us out to this little place out, oh, not far out of Hobart, maybe half an hour out of Hobart. And there was a tiny little pub and we went in for lunch and, you know, and then, and then and there, it was just two little rooms and it was a cold day and there was PB with uh, with uh, Mick Owen and the crew there and just had, because the rally had finished the night before and so we had sort of had had the day of, of time out before the Galar dinner in the evening. Oh, yeah. And so it was all really interesting out there and we, we actually stood around and the, 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 the unfortunate Silver Daytona was parked out the front there and, you know, and, the owners and the developers of the Daytona were there with us for lunch, so it's all quite a conducive little chat. And uh, his uh, new lady, Julie Bamford, was there as well. And yes, he uh, talked about his experiences and how he'd enjoyed driving the target to a top, driving the uh, Daytona to a top 10 finish in his, uh, his first target for, for target, a couple, yeah. couple of years anyway. And then in the evening, I couldn't help by uh, but thinking uh, to myself as we had, uh, everyone had been pouring out of the, the Galar dinner. Uh, the performance, which I decided, you know, I didn't go to, and a couple of others, since we just piked it as well. It was all a bit too much, and just uh, as we're gee, that sounds unusual. Just out the front of the reception there, and I was just going into this other little bar with with Mark and Glen Ridge, <laughs> as you do. And there was Brocky um, uh, disappearing with a couple of ladies on either side with the bright, you know, purpley pink sort of like um, cravat. Ribbon, and I said, yeah. "Night, mate." Right, <laughs> and I. <laughs> Good on you, Pete. And I think I think that was the last time I saw Peter, which was yeah, the very beginning of May. Yeah. Well, so there you go. Uh, well, anyway, that's I guess we'll cover a bit more. The, 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 the there's some story. great memories and there's some lovely stories yeah. and everybody's got lots of lovely stories. And, and we just thought tonight that we'd steer clear of all the stuff that the mainstream media is doing. Everybody's been totally inundated with it. Uh, actually, I think I'll be very interested to see what RPM do this uh, this Sunday. That's uh, that's going to be interesting. But it'd be because they had a week off last weekend because of the uh, footy grand finals or the first round thereof. Oh, that's quite timely. But I think it would be important to point out viewers that it's not just us that have had these experiences. It's most of Australian, most Australians have had some some experience with uh, with PB over the years. And um, it's not certainly, a, most Australians have been to a motorsport event have managed to uh, get close to him at some stage or the other. Yep, not, not absolutely. Um, oh, anyway, yeah. Pete, uh, mate, you're gone, but you're still here with us. And uh, absolutely, mate, uh, Oh, just what? so you just up the, uh, for those viewers who aren't aware, the uh, the latest update is that um, uh, he's gonna he's gonna have a state funeral next week. Uh, Victorian Premier Steve Brax has announced the state funeral will be held for Peter Brock at St Paul's Anglican Cathedral in Melbourne at 11am next Tuesday. A public memorial service will also be held for him at Melbourne's Sandown Raceway at Springvale 
on Friday, September the 22nd. So uh, for those of you in Melbourne or uh, anybody who wants to travel to go to the uh, state funeral, you can uh, get to Melbourne on Tuesday or go out to Sandown Raceway on Friday. So there you go. Well, uh, this afternoon, uh, the um, V8 Supercars Australia announced the calendars for uh, next year uh, for both the mainstream 2007 V8 Supercar Championship and also the development series, or rather known the Fujitsu V8 Supercar Series, uh, seven rounds for the uh, Fujitsu Series and 14, 14 including yeah. Bahrain. Um, uh, once again, even though the first Bahrain hasn't been run only a couple of small changes there, JP. Um, yeah. Specifically in the Fujitsu series is that um, this weekend plays the last um, time that supercars will run at Malala. No, that's really not surprising. Unfortunately, Malala's out, or the, the events outgrown Malala, I think. It's probably a better way of putting it. It's particularly in terms of car performance. <clears throat> the other interesting point <clears throat> is that of the seven round series, only one round, the second round, directly after Clips of 500 Wakefield Park, is a standalone series where it does not actually race alongside the mainstream V8 supercars, which I think will be good for yes. the category. Absolutely. Um, and culminating up. with Phillip Island. So basically, we're starting off in Clips of 500 Adelaide, 1st of March following on to Wakefield Park, then Winton in Victoria, May 18, yep. July 19, Queensland Raceway, Nipswich. Yuck. I don't like going there. <laughs> yeah, I know you uh, A bit of a dump. Uh, August 16, Oran <laughs> Park, which is good to see. Well, Oran Park, and there's a bit of a cloud about that. What's happening with Oran Park? We don't wow. know. The yeah. Leppington Pastoral Company, have they sold or have they uh, reneged on that deal? I don't know what the story is there, but isn't there a, the, like the guys bought the um, enough room to build the circuit all over again? With lots of government money, so... Excuse me for a minute, JP. Mm. Brock. Brock, can say hello, mate? <laughs> That's Mitchell. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> you wally. Ah, <laughs> he looks, He looks so alike. Hey, anyway, Mitchell. Hey. Alias. Mitchell, you're Brock, allowed to say Brock, hi. Too. Could you go and get us another uh, cabana, mate? Certainly. In the fridge, in the laundry, thanks, Mitch. How funny is that? What? <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, so the V8 supercars, Brock will be home shortly. Four days later, as much as Peter has to do. What's now? April the twentieth to the twenty-second. V8 International New Zealand. Well, that where do they oh, know? Well, I think that they are still going to be at Pukekohe. Well, I, I thought they'd given Pukekohe the flick. I, I think Pukekohe pulled its socks Did up. Did you need to and, go and do I need what? Go up to octaves then, or not? <laughs> You're harsh. <laughs> the, um, I think that um, I know that. Oh, maybe it's Taupo. Maybe Taupo got the round. I don't know. Well, that's what they were talking about. But see, it says VA International. I know Wellington's out. Yeah. And um, I think Wellington would have been great back around the streets again, like it was in the old days. I thought that was fantastic racing. It was, but it was also very. Yeah, concrete barrier to concrete barrier. It wasn't really flowing. And I think, it, I, I have a feeling it's Ooh. going to be Pukekohe. Um, maybe, or, 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 but certainly Auckland's out because gonna, that was going to necessitate shutting down the Auckland Harbour Bridge. Mm. That wasn't good. But, but I really think that's great that they are joining up with the mainstream. Now, it says October 3rd to 7th, Bathurst. So that's... 
Does that include the long weekend then? Or? That smells to me like it's coming back online to the long weekend. Which is what they always said they wanted it to do. Because they wouldn't... It's always the weekend in October. Yeah. Well, if... Uh, interesting, though. I mean, it's got to be... Uh, it's got to be later. Mitchell, would you like to say hello to the viewers? Yeah, say hello, viewers. Hello, viewers. <laughs> well done, Mitch. Mitchell has actually had a bit of experience uh, with, with car racing because, hey, don't we have a picture of you hanging around in John Bow's race suit? Yes, we have a picture of you hanging around in John Bow's race suit. And we it's have a radio a show, not a video show. <laughs> and <laughs> Lighten up, will you? And we have lots of photos of you sitting in... Whose car? When Crusher took us in, in Marcus Ambrose's car at uh, Clipsal 500 two That's years right. ago. Yeah. yeah. So yes. you, thank you for... Your patron, <laughs> your great service. Well, I'm nervous. Oh, wait, why this? Why would you be nervous? This it's is... right. It's only going out to about five million people. We wish five, five million people. We wish. Oh <laughs> uh, dear! It's a couple of birthdays today. A couple of birthdays. Our good mate Kevin Pope. Yeah, Kevin and Grant Denyer. Grant, do they share the same birthday? Happy birthday, Grant. Yeah, is in the development series. Happy birthday, Kevy. Well, how about that? Bravo. What else are we going to talk about, Johnny? Are we going to touch on some techo, or...? Mate, I think we'll touch on a bit of techo, but not before I bring up the most wonderful motor racing book that I haven't seen for a while, The Motor Racing Art of Nicholas Watts. Which you yeah. gave to me for my 50th birthday. <laughs> Not like say that. <laughs> ah, sorry, my 40th birthday. <laughs> Is that the bit I'm not supposed to say? Your 40th birthday, but I actually haven't seen it since I've given it to you. Man, it's, it's an absolute... Oh, it's a, it's a it ripper. just the most beautiful book. If those of you are interested, uh, I will give you the ISBN number, if that's possible to find it. But uh, published by David Bull Publishing, bullpublishing.com. The, fame, the motor racing art of, of Nicholas... Why can't you find a friggin' ISBN on it? It's probably inside the next one over, I would suggest. That's well, where they usually only, the There are only 1,500 copies made. Yeah. And, um, and this is number know, I always find it's 1,595. It was one of the overs. Look at that. The <laughs> six-wheel Tyrrell with Jackie Stewart going around the waterfront at Monaco. Oh. You know, Jackie Stewart only ever roasted that about three times. Jody Schechter roasted it the rest of the time. I didn't know that. I've got a model of it somewhere. I, viewers, ISBN 1-893-618-3-X. Beautiful book. Absolutely stunning book. Yeah, stunning, stunning yeah, pictures. Yeah. This is motor racing heaven out the back edge. Hey, Perth. <laughs> yeah, well, we're in the study, and the study's got the motor racing stuff. Well, we have. And the great the, race There's the croc Audi up there car. as well, and... A couple yeah, of Nigel panels. Mansell plates. The panels is up there. There's a Nigel Mansell plate and an Ayrton Centre plate. That's beautiful. So, there you go. Both oh. from Adelaide, by the way. Both of those pictures on the plates. All right, bit of tech. Bit of tech. Well, I suppose the bit of tech that you've got to talk about is the fact that uh, immediately after last week's show... Immediately? <laughs> by the time we'd even got it up, it had already been released. <laughs> That's right. There we were talking you about... first, viewers. Talking about speed bumps on IMAX and blah, blah, blah. And Apple released a... Uh, well, a whole swag of new IMAX. I mean, there's a 17, a 20, and a new 24. In fact, there are two 17s. 
prices have dropped again. So if you were ever interested in, say, a 20-inch iMac, now's the time to go out and grab one. What he really means to save you is, is if you're ever interested in buying an Apple dealer that doesn't make a make dealership that makes no money, he's ready to sell. <laughs> <laughs> but, but smaller prices mean smaller margins. Seriously, no, viewers. Volumes up. Um, the 20-inch now is down to 22.99, which mm. is pretty amazing when you think that's about... 14 months ago, it was a three grand proposition, a 29.99 proposition, and that was still a G5 processor back then. And now they've moved to Intel Core 2 Duo, so they're faster again, 2.16 gigahertz for the 20 inch. Um, there's two models of 17, a 1.83 and a 2, and the price on the base model combo drive is now down to 15.49. Geez, you do get quite a lot of computer there for you. You do get $29.99, do you? And the Super Drive now fits in where the 20 was, the Super Drive 24-inch viewers. Same form factor, like yep. a display and everything like 24 that? 24-inch widescreen LCD, 1920 by 1200 resolution, 2.16 gigahertz Intel Core Duo. It's... Uh, and I basically... All of the top three models with super drives all come with a gig of RAM standard now. So uh, yeah, that's good. I'm glad exceptionally to see that. Exceptionally good value. It doesn't really need to be. You really need that. And mm. you know, I think they've probably realised that. Like they, most people go, well, why would you bring out a premium operating system and then not give us enough RAM to run? And we don't understand this. So they've had to think stuff. about that, haven't they? They have had to think about that. And of course, you've got the remote control, got your eyesight camera built in, all the bells and whistles. The front row application is pretty damn cool. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I am the only reason I haven't bought one for, for a, like as a digital media center, like for the lounge, is because I just think that they're going to keep speed bumping something. And, and, and five minutes after they delivered those, they ended up speed bumping the damn um, uh, Mac Minis. Well, I was very glad because I've got a 20 inch G5 iMac out, out in the family room there that Mitch uses. And uh, it was it was down for an upgrade around the end of the financial, and I just held off, and so now it's going to be upgraded to a twenty four, which is great because we do run some uh, DVDs and stuff like that on it if we've got people around for dinner, just the volume mm. down and whatnot. So it's uh, it's. But nice, let, let me nice let me unit. pose a question for you here, JP, because do you do have the. You know, the, the choice here, obviously, and a little bit more of a pricing, you know, sort of discount for yourself being part of the business. Would it not be better to consider to buy something like um, an Acer 32-inch flat panel uh, that, like, I've got at home, which is, like, giving you 1386 by 7, 768 uh, pixels resolution and hooking it directly into a Mac Mini? Because of the form factor, because you know, you, you know, it really does bring it more. You know, when people see computers, they go, "Well, it's a, it's not really a lounge product." True. No, it's not a lounge product. But for the best of both worlds, out in the family area, I think it works fine. I mean, certainly the, uh, you know, the I'm hanging out for a 37 inch LCD. That's my idea that will go in the lounge, um, but. I'm just waiting for the price to drop that a little bit. But more. Acer have now released a 37 inch LCD, yes. which has actually got a media center, something, some clever media center system built in. And I noticed, I have to, we'll have to look at it a little bit for, we'll report on this for you next week. Is that, yep, I got something in the mail, and there is mm. now a slightly bigger variant than the 32 inch, which it's has, um, you know, a, a 100, meg, 100, bit, 100 megabit Ethernet connector in yep. there. Yeah, well, Mitsubishi have got a 37 as well, um, and I've been watching the price on that. Now, just to fill you viewers in on the pricing of LCDs, 
Um, I think we discussed it on an earlier show, but the word is that um, currently the market is still flooded with low-cost LCDs that all the manufacturers bought out ready for the World Cup and nobody bought. Is that right? Apparently. Um, and so prices have actually dropped by up to 40% of what they were around Christmas last year. Is this also like a precursor to the arrival of OLED technology? Well, it, it, possibly that, but also you've got to look at the fact that the plants that are uh, going up now, I mean, they're, they're calling um, some of the existing plants in uh, Korea and whatnot, Generation 3. Japan's already got a Generation 4 plant. There are plans to build a Generation 4 plant in China. And of course, once that comes on stream, you can expect the prices to significantly dive for even further. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're looking for an LCD telly, probably the sales in the new year will be a, a pretty good time to buy. But don't get upset if prices continue to drop through next year as, as these new factories come online. Now, before we go past the techo bit, and while we're still on technology, um, as we said, Apple last Wednesday night, because we did a show on Wednesday night, they decided that Wednesday night our time, which is uh, Wednesday morning US time, they released these new iMacs, these speed bumped iMacs and the bigger 24 inch. Today our time, or tonight our time, there's a press conference in San Francisco. Um, Apple are basically gonna release more new products. Um, rumors, Which we would rumour to believe. Where we're, the rumours are um, a new video. Announce anything? No, a new video iPod Not that with a much bigger screen. Get sued if we knew. Yeah, we would get sued if we knew, but Not we don't we know. know. We're just purely speculating on what the rumours are today and. Uh, there's a, a video iPod which shares a similar form factor to the current iPod video, but the screen will be turned around, so you'd actually get a widescreen across the like front. like a PS2? PSP? Yes, very PSP style um, screen-ish by all accounts, with the click wheel built into the screen, um, which is an interesting concept. Well, that would mean you'd want some content. Well, and the, the other hot rumour is that suddenly there's going to be downloadable movies. So go to your iTunes music store in the morning and you may find that you can download a movie. And for those people that don't have fast connections, they're obviously going to go, well, hell, well, how's that going to work for me? Well, there's also a rumour that the third product might be a streaming media device of some kind, magical, that will improve the performance of the download for you. Guaranteed if Apple was to deliver movies on an, on a pay-for-use pay for basis, and it could be expirable content. We've talked about that before. Yes, we've there's talked about the expirable content. There's obviously going to have a very, a very, uh, um, a very uh, powerful and uh, low-distributed uh, yes. Download network and also Which probably um, what, what bring Akamai. Akamai. <laughs> what are you doing? Akamai. It's September 11. Yeah. <laughs> well, 12 now. Well, do you know what happened uh, on September 11? That one of the co-founders of Akamai was actually in the plane yes, that went, right. ran into the tower, which was very, uh, very sad. The second plane. Mm. Yeah, which that's another thing we probably shouldn't forget. Um, but no, just quickly on that note. If think about downloadable video in, out from your uh, iTunes Music Store, think about a 24-inch iMac, think about home theatre, that sort of stuff, and the inroads computers are making in terms of day-to-day -day household. I think JP's this could got be a, the start of something 
Absolutely. Very. I think we're not we're not quite there yet. We're going to need to get some more, more and more wireless sort of stuff there. But viewers, just from my point of view, I would be I would personally, I would rather keep my computers in the uh, office environment, and I would like to keep the uh, the the. I'd rather have my media center, not as a computer, as a using the same technology, yep. but are just different form factors to to what uh, what uh, you saw. Well, look at that. You've been having a little bit of a search on the other computer. It's handy to have one here. Like, usually we don't have one right next to us. Um, and yeah. you've found a couple of... Um... Oh, well, that's an interesting one, actually. It's uh, from the Brick Car 24 Hour. Now, you know a bit more about this Oh, that's than I, uh, one of the old um, uh, AU that's Falcon. That's an AU Falcon. Um, Adam Sharp, who's been actually been out here in Australia driving um, in the Fujitsu uh, uh, series. He drove at Clipsal and drove at Wakefield. He's done a couple of other... Events sort of not doing too bad. So is he a pom or is he an Australian? Well, I think he's a pom, mate. Right. With, with, with money. But I don't really know. The, I don't know. I haven't met the guy, but he, he's making you know. And so he's also, he's obviously very, uh, he's good friends with the people at Daily Sports Car, and that, that's good. Right. They're a great bunch of people. And he's and running he, an AU Falcon in the Brick Car series, and they've just had the Brick Car 24 hour. But he's just got a little And bit where does he get spares from? Mate, I don't know, but he's just got a little bit of a spelling error there. Because yeah, he's got a bit of a problem there, hasn't he? He's. A, <laughs> do you want to tell the viewers? No, you tell the viewers. Okay, so he's got, there, got the back a photo of the, on the back of his car. Back of the car here from the Brick Car 24 Hour that apparently he's done a very a sterling job of chasing a bunch of GD3s around. I don't know where the hell it was. Where were they racing at for 24 hours? Bugging it fine. And he's, um, but he's, it's obviously, he's, he's got it all together early uh, in, the, in the, the time to put a, a RIP Brocky on the car and a big vertical stripe, white text on a black band on across the orange car. But uh, mate, uh, we appreciate it. But you know, in the true Australian spirit, Brocky is spelt B-R-O-B-R-O-C-K-Y, not I-E. But Which we, whilst we love you for doing that, we, we also do. know you're not an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to ask whether he was an Australian or a pom. Good on so you, mate. There you go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it looks like an interesting series, the uh, the Brick Car series. It's the first time I've uh, actually looked into it in any depth. You follow some of that stuff a bit more than I do. What's the story there? Mate, I've no idea other than I just use uh, the... I don't know, there's a fair few... Fair you just of, copy stuff from their website, No, no, well, I just look at the stuff because... <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I just okay. plagiarise the, yeah, no the website. Yeah, no worries, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. And I suppose now, now we all understand, don't we, viewers? Uh, Daily Sports Go is a really good site, and they're very supporters of uh, of Alan Simonson. And um, yes, it's, it's a great website, and you know it's a, it's, a, it's a pay for use website, so it's not free to the public. But DailySportsCar.com, go there and really, really, really well written stuff. It's and, not that expensive though. If you're, I think it's thirty five pounds for the year. Mm. And I suppose it's um, it's sad. Uh, another sad note of, of of Rocky disappearing was him flying back from from uh, uh, England where he, he drove the old humpy around yes was that it was would obviously have been his last flight and so as a result he would have no need for the safety instruction card which I picked up the other day which gave nine tips about how to deal with safety in the event of snakes on a plane <laughs> not the snakes on a plane <laughs> you sent me that email from the US with snakes on a plane <laughs> And, mate, I send that to so many people. This is excellent. <laughs> Here are some safety tips in the event of snakes on a plane. If they, get, if they become troublesome, snap their jaws off. With the, put your tray table upright and, your, and trap your, them in there. Your snake tray may be used to trap and confuse snakes. 
<laughs> oh, look, there's a black Samuel L with the forest. Removable thing. seat cushion can double as a snake deterrent device. Mm. <laughs> anyway, unfortunately, yep, Samuel had no need for that. Yeah. There were snakes coming out. Snakes on a plane. I'm going to... I'm going to... South Pacific Airlines. <laughs> I think you should keep that. That... Hundred years time be worth a fortune. Absolutely, I'll put it. Mate, I don't. I'll lose everything, so I'll put it here for you. Oh well, thanks very much. Okay. <laughs> um, what else we got? What else have we got? What have we got? Okay. What we've got is. Oh, I told you I love meat, and I brought you a bit of meat tonight. <laughs> I love meat sticker collection. <laughs> Where do you get them from? I bought you. Bought you some meat stickers. Now, I don't know whether this falls into gadgets or barbecues, view. Look, I've got some sausages. I've got a, got a ham steak. <laughs> Bit of streaky bacon. It's a turkey. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a tea looking chicken. Look, that looks like mangy meat to me. Oh, yeah, it doesn't look too flat. <laughs> What's that supposed to be? Hmm. It's been hanging too long. <laughs> Did you bring this back from the US? No, I found it around the corner from... I can't mention her Is that name. a lamb chop? In Inspected by the US Department of Agriculture. How good is that? Now, mate, I'm going to leave you with a piece of meat tonight. All right. Okay. Would you, now, do you want it on the side of your car or the side of your head? <laughs> no. On the side of the desk will probably be no, working you've here. Got to have, I, you've got to have a piece of meat on your car. Because people are going, no. what's the story with that? Meat. Come and, come and have a meeting. A meeting. Get out of here. Rusty sausage? No, I think she gets a bit That's excellent. Anyway, viewers, I just thought you'd like the I Love My Meat sticker collection. Thought it was a bit of a laugh, and I'd, uh, you know, in case you're a little bit shy on meat, I'd, I'd bring it up. Look, look lady. <laughs> Lazy steak. <laughs> well, you got steak for dinner. Oh, cool. Look at that. Spooky <laughs> bacon. Semi permanent fade resistant stickers printed on transparent backgrounds. Perfect for windows, mirrors, or other smooth surfaces. So you can have your meat on a mirror. <laughs> I saw some smooth surfaces on the weekend, yeah. but I'm not talking about it. No, well, we won't go there. Right. Yeah. Okay, now, next thing is... Uh, have you got anything new next? Yeah, no, go on, you go. Well, uh, look, uh, you know, Google Earth is, is brilliant. Yes. And, and, and Yahoo Maps and SatNav is brilliant as well. But you're just not going to be able to use them to find your way around the global, fast-changing global motor industry. I'm going to show you a map about who owns who. Oh, gee. That looks like the London Underground. <laughs> it is. That's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> SatNav won't help Hello, you find you, Do you reckon you can make any sense out of that? That is fantastic, isn't well, it? Basically, yeah. Well, basically. Because it's got all the cross... The cross, the cross it's like the that, Ford with Master and that Ford and him with Daewoo. They own as much of each other know. as they other of each other. Yeah, it's just hopeless. Jesus Christ. Oh, Holden's down the end. Well, Holden's on the side road. Well, it's, yeah. that's actually interesting, which GMC. means it's not being interfered with by anybody. Well, that's true. Now, this uh, HDN here, what does that mean? Hybrid partnership. There's a hybrid... Ooh. Well, look, I think this is another another thing we're going to have to put up. It's a bit is of a special. Gonna, yeah. How can you get that? Can you get that to put it on the website? Yeah, Fiat's at a dead end by the look of this. Yeah, well, it's, the papers are that's, over. It's that's Heathrow. It's been put over on the side. Like, drip, <laughs> oil, drip oil along it's with Alpha. Oh, look, the three oil drippers, Maserati, yeah. Lancia and Alfa Romeo, are all down the same laneway. They <laughs> As would, they would be. <laughs> well, you know, if they blow a lot of smoke, you only start... You don't start one worrying when they stop blowing smoke because you know they're going to blow up and that's the end of them. <laughs> but you can, uh, you can always, you know, get the, uh, the rust happening. 
No offence to Rust. Oh, the poor little sausage. <laughs> the poor little sausage is not here tonight because we've been away and got to, i got to run off again off to Melbourne. Yeah, and you're day. going off on Thursday. Guess where he's going on Thursday, viewers. Oh, I've just got he's to go got a, for a dirty little job in Melbourne. Yeah, he's got to accompany good old Casey Jack Ellsgood <laughs> to the Cleo's 50 Most Eligible Bachelors. Bloody finale You can't get a girl, so I'm about to go. Nine o'clock, all interstate bachelors arrive at Melbourne Airport. 9.15, bus. Oh, they're bussing them. Well, they don't give them the early run down. That's all. First well, get stop, crown promenade. Interesting. Oh. oh, here we go. Bus back. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, bachelors, so the MTV. They get poker tuition and all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, look, look, the guests arrive. Look, canopies. Oh, yeah. Champagne Service of canapes and beverages to commence. Champagne, beer... And bachelor cocktail, whatever a bachelor cocktail is. I'm not going there. <laughs> Guests to be ushered into dinner area for announcement and Cleo bachelor dinner. Whoa. Mate, this is just... Is this planned or is this planned? But Yeah, I know. Can you believe it's what? planned? It's planned so much that the people from Cleo can ring me back today to say, look, actually, what do I wear? Are you sure the International Poly didn't plan that? Yeah, it could be. It's 7.47 International Poly arrives. But what I like about this is, what I particularly like is just at 7.30, after party, 7.45, entertainment to begin. Well, what happens between 9.30 and 9.45? We do nothing. We just stand around looking like shags on a rock, waiting for something to happen. Oh, okay, maybe there's some drinks. 11.45, entertainment to cease. All right, stop having fun, bachelors. All right, uh, 12 o'clock, after party to cease. All guests to leave venue. At the same moment, at the same moment, Bachelors and guests wishing to go to the after parties. After party? <laughs> How many parties can you have? <laughs> yeah, it should be a good night. Keithy George will be partying yeah. his heart out. Yeah, I know. I think we're both on the, <laughs> we're both on the early flights out of there. I just want to get the hell out. Yeah, it should uh, be fun. Sounds like an absolute hoot. Right. Yeah. What else? <laughs> Formula One. Yes. So who retired on the weekend? Unexpectedly not. Oh, yes. I'm like, okay, right. Next subject. Oh, okay. Go on then. You find something better to talk about. <laughs> so what do you reckon? Do you think he Do you reckon can... he can win it? Well, there was a bit of a thing in the paper today about like a, a conspiracy theory there from uh, Flavia Briantori mm-hmm. who sort of got along and said, I might have said, and I hadn't heard it, he might have said something that he didn't mean to say mm-hmm. um, and that he felt that it was a whole stitch-up deal to make uh, Ferrari win the championship and, and I think... Uh, uh, that uh, yeah. Alonso uh, yeah. was also bumped five spots or something didn't mm-hmm. it? because yep. it was uh, deemed to have been uh, sort of creating a bit of a, a, a problem for Massa. Yes, I, I, in practice, I, I, that was in practice. Mate, yeah. I was so tired. Or in qualifying, I can't remember if it was practice or qualifying. Must I was so tired from having a great time in practice that I didn't even see this. Mm. So uh, mm, it's it, conspiracy theory is interesting actually. hadn't thought of it like that, but. Uh, yeah, Look, and so. Flavio has gone in the paper today, well, there it is, apologising, saying, no, nah, it's not that at all. And, and, you know, the spirit is there. But then Ferdinand also has gone up in the same breath and gone and said, it's no longer a sport. Yeah, well, I mean, as a viewer, as a viewer, or even a listener, I've thought that for ages. Did you watch the race? No, I didn't, I must be honest. I watched highlights. I uh, watched practice. Or bits of practice that were on Sports Tonight or whatever. Um... Spoke to Jane and Pete as I often do on a on a Sunday night, and they've already got the race before we've even seen the damn thing. 
Um, and they get a very, very full rundown of practice and, and qualifying. Um, and just, yeah, so, I don't know. But uh, interesting scenario, definitely an interesting scenario. And what's he going to do? Have a year off and then uh, come back in sports car race? Or no, who uh, no, I don't think so. I think that he will really be a very... Uh, you know, a, a good ambassador for the sport and can continue on. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, financially independent. I'd say he'd be involved with charities and um, and driver driver management and bringing people up and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, or unless he buys a team or something. Well, I think he probably wants to have, probably have a bit of time out <coughs> for a while, spend some time with his children, which are growing up. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, and, you know, like, to be fair, you know, he's probably gone, hey, I've... Um, you know, I've been very lucky. I, I, I haven't, you know, hurt myself, and, I, and certainly, mm. you know, many have. Time, time to quit. It's just sort of, you know, quit while you're ahead. I, yeah, I think fair it's, enough. I think it's the right decision for him, not specifically for the sport. I think it's great for him to go out on top too. You so, know. Yeah, I think so, so too. I can see that he wouldn't want to stay there. Obviously, there. Are, I mean, Alonso's not the only hot shot out there. There are other hot shots as well. And he's not getting any younger. And and, uh, and I don't buy good all this time stuff to go. from the press. I'm not a particularly a fan of him, but I'm you know neutral about the whole thing. Yeah. But I'm not. You know, I don't buy all this with the press. You know, he's a bad sportsman. Look, he's certainly one of the best racing car drivers the world's ever seen. And whether people go, he had the best equipment. Look, he went to a team which was in the toilet. Yep. And he turned that around. They were just going nowhere. So it was all about his understanding, the seat of a pants driving to be able to turn this around, good rapport with his engineers, turn the whole thing around. Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, one has to salute him for that, and there's I have no, there's no negatives there. No. But well, I, I would, personally, I'd love to see him at Le Mans 24 hours. Yes, that'd be, nice. that'd be good. That would be good. And not in a top-run car. In somewhere, you know, somewhere in the middle order. Just to see how well he could go compared to Well, his I'm just going to have Forrest. a quick look at the yeah. map here. Uh-oh. And I don't think that Ferrari is anywhere near Audi. No, in fact. No, they'd be on it, the it, 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 Look, we've got Audi. Ferrari is right down here on yep. the red line. And, and we'd have to go way down here through about one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm, up, way right. up past Mercedes. Up, up here to, uh, to Audi. Yeah. I didn't even know that Lamborghini... Is a uh, a brand of Audi of Audi, well, which is Dragon, do- basically. Isn't that interesting that mm. Daimler Chrysler, some of those brands, you know, we've got look at the look at the marks there. We've got Audi, Bugatti, and Bentley, mm. with Lamborghini specifically an offshoot from from that. So, uh, whew, yes, there's some uh, big connections in there to the Volkswagen. That's and- very good. Where did that Where did that come from? I can't tell. You. Yes, you can. You don't have to show. And it, it turned up in a it turned up in a uh, email today from. Uh, oh right, that's pretty. Who sent that to me today? Someone's saying who owns who. Oh, it actually, it came from Mick Pinder at uh, ProDrive. Oh right, okay. And he said that's very good. It was with the title saying, "No wonder none of us know who we're working for." <laughs> yeah, well, that's look at that. Look, Maybach's down there. Yep. And uh, what the hell's that? Yeah, what is that? Can't even see. Some little development company, Lexus. Oh, Lexus. Peugeot Citroen. It's on that green line. PSA Peugeot Citroen. What about a Dalton so thing? It's an offshoot of this. What's the dotted line? Joint venture. Ooh. Shareholders. Oh, there'll be IKEA's there. Yeah. Oh, interesting. 
Anyway, we shouldn't be uh, looking at that. We're supposed to be talking to the viewers. They'll all be going, oh, yeah, well, we can see all of that. We know exactly what you're talking about, boys. Interesting book you've got down here, the LMP Panos One Roads to S, Back to the Future by Ingram Publishing. Mate, what an interesting book that is. It is a fantastic book. A good mate of mine bought me that back from the US after he was over there with the Panos team. And um, there's a few other... Jeez, oh, when you look a lot, here's a, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a sad shelf. We've got... Uh, We've got Ayrton Senna, a couple of books there about him and uh, and the, the wonderful Barry Sheen. Barry Sheen, yeah. But uh, next to it, uh, Nigel Mansell's Driven to Win and Nigel Mansell to Hell and Back with Nicky Lauder. One yeah. of the luckier ones to, yes. uh, to survive the whole deal of motorsport. Well, there you go. Well, I reckon that uh, we've probably uh, just about done everything we wanted to do today. I think so. <clears throat> now we've got to get ready for the barbie. We do. And what are we Should doing? we tell the viewers what, we, what we're cooking? Well, then, why don't you? Because well, all right. Well, we're going to have a surf and turf night. Mm. We've got some deluxe porterhouses just loitering in the kitchen. And some nice green prawns. What else have we got, Lainey? Surf and turf. I know that. We've just told them surf and turf. Just so nice hard. fresh salad. He's yes. so hard on a view. Yes. Did you hear that tone of voice, viewers? No. I was. Be- she knows when I'm being facetious. <laughs> facetious. All the time. Oh, all the time. Come in here, lady, and tell the viewers what a toughie he is. Yeah, come on, you can whinge about me and everybody will hear. I just can. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) So, yeah, so we've got nice porterhouses, don't we? Yep. Yep. Green prawns? Yes. Yep. Jacket potatoes? Yes. Which we'll do in the microwave and then uh, brown on the barbie with the spray of olive oil. Yeah. Way to go. And, some, and yeah. some yummy chockies. Yeah, and Johnny's phone's going off. My phone's going off, but I'm ignoring the phone. I suppose another, another note of, um, of warmth and farewell to Steve Irwin, who's always has had just yes. an amazing amount of uh, support from all around the world. And, and uh, whilst he hasn't been, I think, in the public spotlight as much as uh, Peter Brock, uh, he's, he's, well, just, he's just as much a, a great Australian ambassador. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and their family declined the offer of a state funeral. Yes, and they had a private funeral think, up in the up at East uh, Australia Zoo, which was which I think would have been very nice. So. That doesn't mean that uh, that uh, Rocky's family, uh, uh, you know, going ahead with it means that they're any different in character specifically. But but, but Rocky, I think, is much more ingrained into Australian society, considering you know, like so many people would drive a Holden car, um, uh, yeah, basically an Australian GM product. And be really, yeah. You know, it's just it's touched everybody's lives, and you know there were so many ads with him and Beverly on TV, and yeah, there was uh, the Bridgestone ads, there were the mobile ads, there were the in recent times the uh, um, what's the Armour All, thank you, Lainey, yeah, Armour All ads, yeah. So yes, and a special cheerio and very warm wishes, and hope you're doing okay out to our good friend James Brocky's son, who yeah. Who was in the VAU category uh, and know very well, and, and uh, made it be a very tough time. And uh, yep, and he took me for a flying lap around Malalar in that VAU. Isn't that? That's only just like in Brocky's racing suit. How uh, you ooh. and you're the one standing in Peter Brock's racing suit. That's right. Yeah. God, that's not going to have to pull. be the photo tonight, is it? No, don't make that the photo. Tonight. No, we'll find something no. appropriate. <laughs> anyway, good night, viewers. Thanks for listening. We're off for a barbie. Good night, viewers. Mm-hmm.